We are on the cusp of a major social change. Do you feel it? Even if you don't, make no mistake, change is coming, and it is going to be unforgettable. I'm your host, Dr. Sarah Hart, and here on Prime Spark, where we work with and on behalf of women over 55, I want to help you find that spark that will ignite your way forward, reflect your gifts to the world, and illuminate your path through this next stage of life. Through these podcast conversations, I hope to inspire you to see how you can make a significant contribution to some of the gnarly problems that are facing us right now. Join me, and together, let's discover our Prime Spark. Hi, and welcome to Prime Spark. I'm Sarah Hart, and I'm so happy you're here with us. Prime Spark is designed for women over 55 or close with a goal to help us all live our happiest, most fulfilling and productive lives now and in the future. The mission of Prime Spark is to change the way our society sees and treats older women. That's a big mission, which only means we all need to be involved and we need to get going now. And today I have the great pleasure of talking with Rebecca Danagelis, a woman whose work I greatly admire. Rebecca Danagelis is the 80-year-old star of the critically acclaimed and award-nominated documentary, Duty Free. After being fired from her longtime career as a hotel housekeeper at the age of 75, Dana Jealous has become an activist against ageism in both workplaces and communities. The upbeat mother of three uses her lived experience to educate employers and employees on the values of being age-inclusive, underlining the essentiality of including age in DEI initiatives. As a speaker, Dana Jealous has the ability to connect with audiences internationally. Since Duty Free's premiere, she has inspired thousands by way of her notable live discussions with organizations including AARP, World Health Organization, National Council on Aging, South Arts, American Society on Aging, Kirkle, and more. Welcome, Rebecca. I'm so happy you're here with us today. Thank you for having me. So in getting started, let me just ask you, do you experience getting older? And if you do, what is that experience? And if you don't, why do you think it is that you don't? I don't feel older myself. I am getting older. The world is getting older. What I feel I'm getting older is when I'm introduced to the digital world because it's completely new to me. So I'm trying to unlearn the proven way of doing things, the old-fashioned way, talking to people, communicating, looking, seeing, doing, rather than pushing a button. So shame on me. I, I, I'm not that great digital stuff. And then when people say to me, oh, Rebecca, you're 81. You look so good for your age. Well, hello. My answer now is, I've always looked good. 
because you have to confront it when you see it all. Hello, Mama, can I get that for you? That's a bellman at the door. Now, all those things that make me feel different. And so I do have wrinkles. I've earned them. And I've noticed uh, I'm getting older when I when I really realized I was getting older was when I tried to apply for jobs online and saw the questions that were asked and that way I was dismissed online. That's how I know I'm getting older. So the way you experience getting older is pretty much from the reactions of the world to you. Yes. You know, that just reminds me when you when you said about mama at the at the door. I was on an airplane a couple of weeks ago and the seats were numbered, you know, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, twenty-two, twenty-three, twenty-four. So I just went by my seat in twenty-three because the last thing I'd seen was like eight. And then I got confused and the flight attendant said, Hon, let me help you. You want to go back to your seat back here. And if it hadn't been so crowded, and if everybody hadn't just wanted to sit down and take off, I would have said something to her. Yes. Uh, I just wanted to get out of the way. But I hate that. Me too. I hate it. it. It sounded like she thought I was four. Yes. You know? And and in, in the olden days, shall I say, when I was growing up, I wouldn't have spoken back. When somebody would say something, I would just smile and not. But now when I see it, I confront it, I say it. You know, what, you, what would you have said in that situation? I would have said, I know, dear. But thank you for pointing out. I was just checking out to see if my friend was back here. <laughs> I love you it. You know, I, I've been there. I've been there. You don't, you don't let them get away with it. No, I know. I was just checking back here, but uh, I'm back. In a, I love you know, it. Right on your feet. <laughs> I'm going to remember that. I'm going to use that next time. So, Rebecca, outline your career for us. You've had an amazing career. Just. Just outline it for us. Well, I've been very lucky. When I was 11, I won a scholarship to college. I came from Liverpool, poor part of Liverpool, and I got into this very nice college. I had a very strong Liverpool accent. And where I send the lovely lady lingered by the laughing lake, the lovely lady now lingers by the laughing lake. Because the teacher said to me, Rebecca, dear, we can't possibly teach you a foreign language with that dreadful accent. So I spent years getting rid of the accent, and I ended up as a French translator for the British government. Then I was came to America to promote British tourism. I met my ex-husband, a professor of linguistics at Wayne State University, got married, sexually got divorced, went back to England, carried on with my job with a, a telephone service, translating on foreign lines. And then the British government asked me to come and promote British tourism in America. So I had done all these things. Then I met, um, then I started working in hotels after my divorce. And uh, I started out in a dining room manager. Then some people like, you know, uh, 
what you call the undercover boss came in. So we have hotels. We're looking for housekeepers. We've got systems set in place, got systems set in place. So I started out my career in hotels, putting housekeeping systems in, and then subsequently ending up in Boston at the Copley Plaza Hotel. And then uh, 10 years here, never a day without work. One hotel finished one day, started the next day, finished a manager on duty one night, went on to the next day. And then I was working at a very big hotel. And I was living in this building. That, it was a white building. They had apartments. I lived there for a long time while working at other hotels. They said, you know, we're thinking of changing this hotel, this building into a hotel. Will you help us? I said, yes, great. So I helped them, did the renovation. Day of a couple of days before, he said, you know, we really want somebody to run this operation. Can you do that? I said, no. I said, I, I can't afford to work for you because you don't pay enough. And look at the rent I'm paying here. I wouldn't be able to cover it words. Don't worry, Rebecca, it will be an investment for you. I was 65 then. It will be an investment for you. Your rent will be included. Everything's all set. So I thought, great, this is great for me. Get my employment, get my social back. And I worked for them until that fateful day when I was 75 just, and they called me to the office and Rebecca, dear, we love you dearly, but today is your last day. You see, dear, we're restructuring. Just like that. Just like that. Here is your paycheck. Two weeks, two weeks, two weeks pay, my vacation pay. Just like that. I was on a mission after that. Then I had to look for a job. I'm going online and I'm saying, I'm looking and it says, scroll down, date last finished high school. So you scroll down. I'm thinking, I'm not worried about getting another job. Anyone is going to ever know so I am, you know, big head that I have. Scroll down, it stops at 1979. Hello, I was in college at 1953 at age 11. Job application dismissed, complete section number 17, not complete, not anymore. Worked on application, worked with the government. Now we have the Pudgka Act, protection of older Americans and discrimination in applications. They cannot ask that question anymore. Then I get another job. Grace, I'm working at the Hilton. COVID hits. I had to, they, they closed the hotel, everything's closed. So then after that, uh, I moved to New York with my son because I couldn't afford to live in Boston. I didn't have the apartments anymore. And um, I started age activism. So that's been my career so far. Bringing up these things, bringing up how, how uh, it wasn't for me. My thought is all the foreign employees that work for me, the immigrants, I'm an immigrant, but I speak English. So many of them come to me. They all come to me and I say, they say, I need a job. I say, well, do you, why do you, nobody's ever said, well, I like cleaning. Nobody has a direct reply. Nobody's ever said because I love to clean. Oh, well, my kids go to this and I need to send money to Peru. And I, I don't care. You're looking, you're willing. We're going to train you. We're going to teach you English. Build them up, build them up. Now five of them have jobs better than mine. <laughs> I mean, they've all done very well. So I've spent my job teaching and training and stuff and working on activism, teaching, doing now, now going to schools and senior homes and working with the government to try and get laws to, to protect older Americans. Because I joined Instagram on a bucket list journey. My son took me on a bucket list because, of, you know, to make up for all the days I'd spent in hotels. And he put me on Instagram and I had lots of followers. I'm not the only one this happened to. 
I've heard from people all over the world that have been fired just like that older women. It happened to my mom. It happened to my dad. So I'm now working on activism. I love it. I love it. That's, um, I mean, when you say working on getting laws, it, 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 you know so much more about this than I do, but it seems to me we have the laws. They aren't uh, enforced. Well, we have diversity in employment, but we didn't have diversity in the job application process. The problem is you don't get to the point, if you're my age, very rarely, unless you know somebody. And again, I got the job at the Hilton because the guy that I that, that I had and had him working for me for supervisors hired me to, to, to go there. It's, it's who you know. It's like, not what you know, who you know. Thank God. Thank God I knew him. But you don't get the application, you don't get that far because you cut out and somehow or the screen to let you know, covertly ask you these questions, you right. know, and escape, ex explain work gaps and stuff like that. And I had this I'll answer to everybody. Anybody say, well, you're you're older now. Why are you applying for a job? This is my answer. New brooms may sweep clean. The old brooms know all the corners. <laughs> That's it. That's why. Give people a chance when they're older. They have yeah, to I mean, I don't, I, I don't, it, it's such, we're living in such a different time now. I mean, look at you. Why would somebody say, why do you want to work at your age? I mean, I, I just, I just don't, I don't, I just don't get it. So tell me about duty free. Oh, duty free. Okay. So. I was very depressed. I lost my job. I called my son. My son was in Europe at the time. I told him, I got fired today. And honestly, honestly, everybody, I was suicidal. I lost my, my job defined me who I was. Everything had to be right. Everything was perfect. Everybody was doing well. Everybody was being the best they could be. Your employees my were my family. So he said, mom, he said, why don't you make a list of all the things you couldn't do when you were working? So I made a list on all the things you'd like to do. First of all, I wanted to go revisit, reconnect with my daughter in England and my granddaughter. I wanted to, so I quoted, bake a cake with Layla. Layla's my, as a grandmother, I never baked a cake with her. I mean, this, this, this is how it was. Visit my sister's funeral. My sister had died. Being the only one as the director of housekeeping, I could never get off. I couldn't go to England for a week and leave the place. It's a very small place. Visit my sister's grave. Learn hip-hop. I have a son, Jean-Pierre. He's half Haitian, half English. And have you seen, they had that kind of beat of the bongo in the blood, and you've seen him moving. I said, I want that feeling. I want to see how it is, you know. I wanted to milk a cow in Vermont. I'd seen it happening. I wanted to milk a cow. I did the Boston Marathon. I walked it. How many times people had come to the hotel. I was working right on the finish line. And I'd see them coming all excited in the daily leap. So I've got to understand why they keep coming back. They seem to me so much pain when they're leaving. I've got to try it out. So I did the Boston Marathon. And then my son's urging. I did uh, skydiving in Hawaii. Not recommend the skydiving. 
on the way up. I mean, I knew it was doomed really from the start. And I said to the guy who was an aerialist, uh, I said, I know you're a famed aerialist, but I just want to say one thing. So I'm for the straight down method. He said, Rebecca, he said, you didn't like anybody telling you how to do your job, did you? I said, no, sir. And I don't like anybody telling me how to do mine. Okay. So we get up there. And it's up and down and round, and my hair's like, you know, I got long hair. It was like a palm tree and everywhere. And now all that was going through my head was the sick, the document I had signed. Beware this trip may involve accident or accidental death. Please sign here. <laughs> I got the jealous. <laughs> but I did land duty free on the ground. And a while it might be an exciting for everybody else. I did it, but I don't recommend it to anybody else. <laughs> So that's how we did duty free and um, join Instagram where I had like 50,000 followers, all people writing to me all over the world about what happened to them and how it is. And I got to meet these people and invitations all over. Yes. So it's been an exciting time and an, and an eye-opening time. I mean, I'm not, I'm coming from England. I'm not knowing there's no national health service. My concern was not so much even for me, but I'm thinking about what about Maria and, and Jane and all those people who are working. It's COVID. Where did they go? Social security is closed. What do they do? They say to you, Maria, today is your last day, okay? They don't understand this stuff. It should be. So I am now working on one other thing, the last page of a handbook, but specifically geared to when you go to a job, it gives you a handbook and it says you'll get three weeks vacation, six, six days, join the 401, all that silly stuff. I want to see the last page of a handbook, which says, thank you for working for XYZ Company. This is what you expect on your last day of work. Willful termination, you, you resign, you will not receive unemployment, you'll get your vacation pay, you may receive a reference, you may be eligible for rehire. B, you're fired for poor work, due for willful neglect. You cannot collect. You won't get a thing. You're not eligible for rehire. See me. You're restructured or laid off. You will receive 60 days notice of such restructuring or layoff. You will receive help from human resources in, in training for any other position, and you will be able to collect. So that's what I'm working on now, getting companies to look at this. To You give people, give older people their lives to, to, to their jobs, and it's, it's not secure. And are they receptive to this? Yes. Well, I've been in England. We 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 think it's going to go. We're not sure yet. But um, yes, people are uh, employees. Some across the scale. But I mean, it, it, look at the days now. At least they told me in person today's your last day. Now they just go on Zoom. Sorry, everybody. Thank you for coming to the meeting. But today's your last day. <laughs> it's not right. It's not right. It stops. Not on my watch. No. No. It's not the right way to do things. It's not. People are important. Your age. Everybody gets old. These people of today who are doing this, they're going to be very sorry because they're going to get old too and the same thing will happen to them. The time to stop is now. Let's get human again. Let's get human. How successful do you think you've been with encouraging employers to have um, intergenerational workforce? 
Well, of course, I don't really know because those that I meet, oh, I'm going to take this back to the office and I'm going to do that. But I think that it's very hard. It's very hard. It's very hard. They're working on it. I'm working on it and I'm promoting it. It can happen. Employers need to understand that the older people are many people who are so much smarter than I am have so much to offer, so much to offer. And it's necessary to keep the economy going. Who can survive on social? Very few people. But and healthcare. What's to make America strong again, you have to meet that has to be changed. What's in it for an employer to retain or hire older workers? As I said, the experience, the wisdom, the need, they need to work, they want to work. They're not going to spend the day going off and sitting on the computer. They're there to work and they have so much to offer. They have so much to offer. So much to offer. And certainly the immigrants with their language skills, they can they can help a lot. I mean... I was talking to somebody yesterday and they're working in the school and um, there's a teacher in the classroom and she has an assistant who doesn't speak, doesn't speak Spanish. You understand? There's a perfect job for, for an older person to go in there and translate and react with the children in schools and, and, and places like that. Yes. So many, so many. The problem, I think, I mean, there, there, there are lots of problems, but one, yeah. of, the, one of the problems is um, so much of what so many employers look for now are really high um, skills with um, everything technological. That's right. That's true. That's and true. Um, I don't know how you convince an employer that those are important, but it's not the only skills that are important in building a good organization. Well, and I say, you know, let's look back to Mr. Marriott. Bill Marriott, no computers, no phone, starts at the hotel, walks through the lobby. Hello, Mr. Jones, saw you last year, and you're coming back this August? It's a reservation system, cards all there. Now the biggest hotel chain in the world, all without. I grew up without... I started in the Copley Plaza Hotel was the first place that I know that got a computer in 1978. Before you'd say, you know, I mean, we're talking about a 500-room hotel, you know. Has this guest gone yet? Is this guest coming on the phone? Yes, he's gone. They've gone. The lateral writer, write down. This guest checked out. But we did it. And the only thing is, when I hold, when, the, when especially in hotels, and I only know mostly about hotels and, and, and switchboard systems, is that you've got to know the basic way because when the computer go down, when you have a tornado on, there's no, you've got to know how to do things manually. And there's always somebody that's older that's done it, that did it manually, that knows how to do it. So I think there are all sorts of things that older people bring to the workforce. What are things in addition to technological things, what are things we can learn from younger people? 
We can learn the digital things. My son taught me. <laughs> yes, absolutely. We can learn a lot and we can learn together. And I have learned, I learned languages from my employees. Other language, I didn't speak Spanish. I spoke fluent French, but I didn't speak Spanish till I started in, in hotels and 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 a little bit of Greek and, and things like that. You you learn from one another and you teach one another. And that's the joy. That's the joy of it all is, is, is that you, you, you grow as teams together and you make it happen. And I always did this with my employees. I always wanted to know what's your skill, what you like to do when you're not woke. Well, I like to sew. Okay. I had that girl show me what you can sew, work in the hotel, fix things in the hotel, look around hotels. If you've got any seamstress jobs open, they pay more money than working as a room attendant. That was my whole thing. I had that houseman. What did you do in your country? Well, I worked in the payroll office. He is now the head controller of another hotel. You take people and you use them to make their lives better. And and, and that makes the company better and, and, and teach them the importance of, of being nice and doing things right, doing things right, the right and way. And it's not only for, for their benefit, although it is. <laughs> But that's the example you gave. It's it's for the business benefit too, because it gets things done that yeah. way. Yes, yes, <clears throat> yes. So yes. if a young woman came to you and said, "I I I like the life you've lived, Rebecca, and I really like your attitude at this point," can you give me any tips about what I should know at age thirty about how I should decide to live my life? A lot of people say to Rebecca, me, Rebecca, I want to be just like you. And my answer to them is, I want you to be the best you that you can be. And you can only be happy if you're happy yourself. What would you like to do? What is your ultimate thing you would like to do in life? And then I can help you get there. Write down what you would like. What would you like to do? Would you would you want to, to work in business? Do you want to do your own company? Do you want to learn another language? What do you want? Do you want to go back to school? What do you want to do? And let's see what's possible and what's not. But it's what you want. It's what you want. I can help you do what you want, not what I want, what you want. Great advice. Great advice. So ageism is rampant. Yes. Do you see it getting better, worse, or staying the same? Well, I think there's there of late, and especially through National Council of Aging, and and people like Sarah Hart, you know, and 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 there are more people now speaking up that, and especially on LinkedIn, and LinkedIn it's becoming, and most employers are looking on LinkedIn, and the more we can put about ageism on LinkedIn, that makes more managers of hotels thinking about it. I think it's going to get better because I think, as I say, as soon as they realize that all these people who are running companies, they're going to be old too. This thing's going to happen to their children and whatever. We have to set laws in place now. We've got to be, I mean, in some countries, this doesn't happen. Just what happened to me it doesn't happen. It's interesting when you talk about LinkedIn. I have been, I just started Prime Spark a little between two and three years ago. <clears throat> and even in that time, 
there has been an amazing growth in the number of people focusing on ageism and um, older women, um, maybe older men, but I pay attention yes, to older women. women. Yeah, yeah. And um, that's a good sign because yes. things aren't going to change until awareness is mm-hmm. increased. And and I think it's a long road after awareness increases, but at least where I think we're on our way. I think there's a start. Even in the couple of years that I've been on LinkedIn, I'm noticing more and more and more and people and people are writing books of what happened to them at work and stuff like that. And certainly, again, for people are writing to me, you know, I didn't know that I thought this only happened to me and blah, blah, blah. It, people are, are very, are very, very aware, very aware. And and again, to my dying breath, <laughs> I've done everything I ever wanted to do in this life, but I want that last page of a handbook. I want it. I want it. I want protection for the people that come to make this country better. I love that. I love that. So what's next, Rebecca, in addition to the last page in the handbook? do you Well, have- apparently, and I, I, I can't elaborate on this now because this is news this week, but I guess the Senate wants to meet my son and myself, having seen the movie. So we'll know there'll be an update later on, and that should be pretty shortly. And we don't have dates yet, but I've just canceled my trip to England in case it's in April. So that's one good thing. Yes. Oh, that's very exciting. Yes, it is exciting. Yes, 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 yes. And uh, um, what's next? Yeah, that's it. Oh, I'm moving my apartment. We're moving to Brooklyn. So that's an exciting thing for me. I'll have more space. and. What else? Oh, I'm having the best time of my life now, but I'm not done yet. I'm not done. I'm not done. I talk to so many of us as older women who are having the best time they've ever had. And I don't know how long it's going to take our society to to catch up with the reality of how we are in our 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s. I have a really good friend in her 90s, and she's having a ball. Good. good. She's skiing. Oh, wow. There was a I, I know. I know. <laughs> oh, good for her. Good for her. That's amazing. Oh, that's yeah. good. Well, I... I... I just want to see where this takes us. And for my son, you know, my son is the filmmaker, so he's doing well. And I, what I want now is, of course, mental health is a great concern of mine because I have a son who's schizophrenic and uh, he he needs help. And that's where I need to spend a lot of my time. I'm sure you do. I'm 34 times a day. Mommy, I miss you. I'm, the service is just not there. I just even today I just saw a guy, I guess uh, schizophrenic guy, and uh, I, I saw on the news where his father called to say that he was opening an episode, and um, and uh, he the any police came he was going to kill them. Well, did the police come to the house? No mental health professionals with them. The guy has a knife. Why and and. A mental health professional could have told him now, not that the police do. The first thing you see them do is loading their guns. And then in the end, they shot him to disarm him. He's in the hospital. No, no mental health. 
we need on every police force and Ernie and a Joe, people who are going to go with the team, especially when they hear something like that. He's having an episode. Why isn't there a mental health professional there with them? That's my next avenue that I'm working on, mental health. Only because I have a son, not only, but because I have a son who's schizophrenic. It happened to him. It, it happened to him that, that he was arrested when he forgot his keys outside of his building just a couple of weeks, a couple of months ago. And the police came along. He said, well, I live there. Where's your ID? I don't have my ID. They hooked him up to the police station. And he stayed there for three days. And he's saying, no, no, no. And he's, he's closing the police car on them. They take him to jail. All charges were dismissed against him. But mental health and the policing needs to come together. So many things I could work on now. So many things. Yeah, sorry. Well, that would be a very admirable thing um, for you to work on. So that's, bo that's... both uh, the, the three things you've mentioned, the last page in the handbook, a new um, update on the film and working in mental health. Yes. Good for you, Rebecca. So if people would like to get in touch with you, how can they do that? They can reach me at rebrexit <laughs> at gmail.com, R-E-B-R-E-X-I-T at gmail.com. I'm also rebrexit on Instagram. So, so say both of those again. So if people want to write them down, they can. Rebrexit, R-E-B-R-E-X-I-T at gmail.com or rebrexit at instagram.com. <laughs> so anyway, that way. Great. Okay, well, let me know, <laughs> you know, I heard your podcast or something. I have so many people writing uh, requests and stuff, but I don't know who they are. And I, you know, um, men, and I don't know who they are and I can't really, <laughs> you know, but I answer every email I get. I answer every Instagram I get. Well, contact Rebecca. She is delightful. That's our time today. Please join us again. You can find our Prime Spark podcast at every popular outlet. Find out more about Prime Spark at www.primesparkwomen.com. Thank you so much to my guest, Rebecca Danagelis. It has been a wonderful, delightful time with you, Rebecca. You are have done and are doing such good work in the world. So just keep going. Thank you. Bless you all. Bye-bye. Thank you for being Bye -bye. with us. Spread tolerance and love. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode and would like to stay updated, you can head over to my website, primesparkwomen.com, and get my free spark guide, Seven Questions to Ignite Your Spark to help you discover your own spark. See you in the next episode.